Well, here we are again, Leanna. How are you? I am okay. How are you? I <laughs> why the, that's that weird robotic response. Oh, it's just it's Friday, man. I had a really good uh pre-record for it's not therapy though, so I'm kind of stoked. But oh, then okay, it's well, like it's like, all right, that was a, awesome. This you ought know? to douse that enthusiasm. But then it's like, oh, the rest of the day isn't gonna be that good. Yeah, well, oh good. I'm glad you're you're uh your expectations for this podcast well, okay, are okay. in line. Last last week, the theme was farting corpses. So uh, you say that, that is... like that's a problem. <laughs> I wish we had a story of the caliber of a movie about a farting corpse with an A list actor every week. A guy in Sweden told me when I was streaming on Twitch that he watched the movie because of this podcast. It, it, well, good. We've done some good in the world. Then. Well, that that's what I love about podcasting, right? Like, okay, yes, ra- radio's prestigious, more prestigious advertisers care about it more. But the fact that you can influence the entertainment habits of someone in, like, another country, there's something kind of cool about that. Well, you know, it's... It boggles my mind. When we were on uh, City TV um, and we were like, you know, uh, across the country in Canada, we were syndicated in countries around the world. We didn't have the potential audience out of all of that, that some idiot does on the Internet, like some untrained moron with nothing to say, but spends a lot of time saying it. They get a bigger potential audience than we had putting together a crafted show. Okay, not quite. It's got to be some unrefined moron who's, you know, has the money either independently or through their parents to spend five figures on PR people. That's the way to get discovered on the internet now. Is that so? Is that, I know, I know oh, yeah. awareness is a huge problem. Or yeah, well, it's it's discovery. And so in order for anybody, like nobody will decide for themselves, not nobody, but most people won't decide for themselves. Oh, nobody knows who this is, but I think they're really cool. They need other people to say, oh, this is really cool. So they can jump on the bandwagon. People, humans by nature are bandwagon jumpers. They were so even before the invention of the wheel. Have, have you ever noticed too that, uh, okay, this is not intending to yuck anyone's yum. What, 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 what was wait? What was that statement? Oh, you've never heard that term. Don't say yuck that my again. Yum. Don't yuck my yum. No. Okay. It it well okay. Different people have different meanings of that. Sometimes it's don't you know shame the things I find sexy. Other people have broadened it to don't don't trash the things I like. And wow, uh, this is where the English language has has devolved to. Don't yuck th- my yum. This is this is why you have me, Ed, so that I can learn these constantly evolving um, phrases that replace existing phrases that don't actually make things any more improved. Well, but... it's actually that's actually not an uh, evolving. That's devolving. That's something uh... a kid just learning to speak would say. This is what we call an in-group signifier. Wow, there's a more scientific 
an understandable term about the term than the term is. Well, it's all about using the words that show you're part of a particular group. And because the only way to know the word is if you are part of that group. So um, mass things that, that catch on like, what's up? That no signifier because that is a mass pop culture moment. It's well, got to be things where the it's almost a code, like a Masonic handshake in words. Well, that's why African-American vernacular English is always changing, right? Because you got about maybe six months before white people ruin it and you have to move on to another word. Remember the very brief life of on fleek? Do you know about Riz? I used to uh, be friends with a guy we called Riz. Yeah, no, no, no. Riz. Short for charisma. Nope. Okay, that's one of the... That's broken containment. That's no longer... Most words you hear have come from African-American vernacular English, and then the meaning changes when it breaks containment. Yeah, like woke? Oh, that still bothers me. Did not mean what it what the what the white folks have made it mean. But... I, it just like uh, it, that is such. Do you find that to be a a dog whistle, Ed? Because I do. Woke. Yeah. Yeah. It basically means anything that some right wing night nut job doesn't like is woke. So you know, but, empathy, but it... respect, dignity, uh, okay. all of those things, a decency, all of those things are woke. Which. I'm like, fine, then I'm woke. And, and what but the hell are you? They've, they've managed to get people not aware because people in Europe have no awareness of um, the the origins in black America. So they say it and they just think it, there, there's different levers in Europe, right? There, There's class warfare and, and things like that. And so they're using this. And I've had to warn a few European friends of mine, like, this is what that means to North Americans. Like, please be careful. They don't know. And so they've managed to spread this dog whistle that is basically a screw you to black people. And people don't know that's what they're spreading. I didn't know it was a screw you to black people. Oh, I, that's how I take it. That they've taken a term from the black consciousness movement of you know the civil rights era it started before that but it was adopted by the civil rights era and made it into something very different but the people that that word had pre-existing meaning for take it in the slap as a slap in the face every time somebody use it i know i do and i don't i didn't even identify with the term i just knew people who did well the thing that's interesting okay that's that's uh, a level that a lot of people aren't aware of. There's another level that I'm aware of, which is people have turned this woke into an epithet. And woke, it means people are basically uh, sensitive to not being racist and right. bigoted and right. uh, transphobic and homophobic. Um, and, you know, basically people are uh, live and let live you respect me, I'll respect you. Right. Basic level of of uh, respect and respecting people's right to do their own thing. That has been turned into an epithet. I'm like, fine, I'm freaking woke. What, what does that make you? You are against 
you know, you are pro-bigotry, you were you were pro-racism, you were anti-trans, you were anti-gay. Like that's the, that is the dirty thing, as far as I'm concerned. Not, not being woke. They don't realize that that's how using the word that way gets interpreted. And they get really stung when someone has that completely understandable reaction. And I have no idea what to do about that. Because it's all this like cyclone of just emotional responses. Yeah, nothing. I found the best thing to do is nothing. I've stopped basically interacting or engaging with anyone on Twitter X because I was doing it before so that people who wanted words and the ability to enunciate how to repel these people mm-hmm. could could see that and say, okay, this is how I could go about doing it. But I'm like, you know what? Let someone else pick up the freaking torch. I'm done with these idiots. I am so also this return of uh, the calling people communists. And it's like, I've said nothing about workers controlling the means of production. What are you even talking about? But they well, just communist say communist. It's a bad thing. Well, you can't you can't win because if you're pro-capitalism, one group gets mad at you. If you're anti-capitalism, another group gets mad at you. So there's no winning. Well, I am pro uh, capitalism and I'd like it. I'd like to see it return one day. Well, the ridiculous thing is unions are a part of capitalism. Yes. You don't need a union if the company is worker owned. We could we could go. I I mean, that but that 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 is what I start. (laughs) Oh, who did I sound like there? What? That was some stand up comedian I was channeling there. I had a red fox moment for a moment. Oh, but uh, but uh, that's when I start going. No, just just stop. This is you know back in the day where I came from. That would be called you ignorant. Stop talking. You know, <laughs> just, uh, but you're using you know what? words that don't it's... make it. You do not understand the first principles of your statement. Please stop. Like like, like you're a communist. Like, what have I said that in any way? Uh, promoted state control of industry. Like what, where, what? Okay, but but also, okay, people who claim to be anti-capitalist also want to organize boycotts. Yes. That's capitalism. They, listen, people don't know. I can't, I, I can't say what it is, but people don't know blank from Shinola anymore um and they say well i have to use the tools of the existing thing it's like well yes and that's the thing about capitalism yes it has some problems the problem is we are in a corporatist environment we are in a mercantilist environment we are not in a capitalist environment boycotts are capitalism unions are capitalism because under capitalism your labor is worth something not just the land you're working on or the end product that the owner takes the money for. Your labor is worth something. Yeah, they don't. And it's funny because the people who are like socialism, socialism, they, they look at uh, the Netherlands, look at like Sweden, they look at Denmark and Sweden and Denmark are they're saying, um, we're capitalist. Thank you very much. Actually, we have what? social supports, but we are very much capitalist. We have private ownership of business. Well, what they're saying is we got our money from oil dividends. Yeah. 
That's capitalism. They just take care of their people, which is smart capitalism. That's actually called supportive capitalism. You're more competitive on a world stage because you take care of your people in the most cost-efficient manner. Well, and that uh, that's like people who treat their employees better wind up getting more out of their employees. Shocking. What did you just say? Shocking. Oh, shocking. Yeah. Um, wow. You mean treating people like people instead of cogs in a machine actually works? And you know what? Um, they actually, these people who like to treat people like cogs in a machine, actually want to replace people with cogs and machines. They, they, they automate people out of work. And I'm just kind of wondering, once you have used AI and automation to, uh, to, to get rid of your workforce, where do you think anyone's going to get the money to buy your goods or services? Hello? Think ahead a well, little bit. Yeah, well, too bad. Learn to code. You don't need to code anymore. We have AI. What? Like, where are you going to get consumers if they don't have the money to consume? Because they don't have any jobs or the jobs they have. And I can't even say they'll have low paying jobs because low paying jobs are the ones that are being eliminated first. And those people take low paying jobs, not because they love them, but because they're entering the workforce or they're new to the country and need to get some experience uh, in in English or in in the culture. Like these are entry level and we're taking that away from people. I saw this really amazing AI image thing. I don't call it AI art because art requires a person, but it was an AI image where it was Jack Jack Black as a bunch of Disney princesses. And it was the greatest thing I'd seen that day. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You showed that to me. It was so good. It was very good. Indeed, it was good. That's using AI for good instead of evil. By the way, uh, backing up a little bit to talking about the the idiots who have a worldwide audience. Yeah. I would just like again, because this this came up again this week in my my life, to Mm -hmm. uh, ask people who want to make a podcast to please not do so. Um, (laughs) Okay, what? Because unless you have any uh, experience with presentation, with storytelling, don't do it. Because, like, here's the thing. People can make podcasts. They just sit down in front of a mic uh, with their friends on Zoom, and they talk. Okay, thing to know about making podcasts. Number one, you're nowhere near as funny or entertaining as you think you are. Just because your buddies are laughing with you doesn't mean any of you are worth listening to. Um, And if your podcast, if your podcast is about you and your buddies talking, fine, that's fine. But if your podcast is about a particular topic, get to the freaking topic. Like I was trying to find something this week on, it's a long story, but the Dogon people, okay? They're, okay. They're a tribe in uh, Mali, Western Africa, mm-hmm. who somehow had knowledge of, uh, ast- of astronomy, of the existence of things like Saturn's rings, Jupiter's moons, uh, Sirius B and Sirius C, the, the stars, before the rest of the world had that information, like mm-hmm. a few hundred years before. And they don't even have any telescopes. So... It's it's you know they have their claim that there were beings that taught them this, and this is fascinating because there is no way to actually debunk this because there's information like there's proof 
that they had this information 400 years ago. Some of the right. stuff we only learned in 1995 from science. So this is interesting to me. I'm like, has anybody provided any new reasons, like new ways to explain this away? So I'm trying to find, I went through seven podcasts, allegedly about the Dogon people. Okay. Uh, and I, I allowed one to, to run nine minutes before I gave up on it. Cause I was like, how long will they go before they even mention the topic? I don't know how long they went because for nine minutes I bailed. It's like, I don't have time to waste while you talk about things that make you guys, uh, you think make you interesting as people. I'm not listening to your podcast because I'm interested in you. I'm interested in the topic. So get to the freaking topic. Thank right. You. Now, I, I do do a podcast of that format. So. No, no, your podcast. It's called, it's called Two Women Talking. Well, the then, whole, the then whole... Two Women Talking is what people expect. That's the title. Yeah. Now, if we Two do... Women Talking was 20 minutes of one woman talking and then another woman joined, that would be wrong. Well, that's what they, that's what my haters accuse me of. But uh, it, see, okay. My, my co-host, Song W. Erickson, she didn't have any experience before this. And I think it is important to cultivate new talent. Now, I do, I do think you're right about structure. I do think we've got an issue with online stuff because only anything can be cool at once, right? Everybody's chasing algorithms and ad dollars. So whenever somebody does something, it's like when jump cuts became this thing remember you were never allowed a jump cut no oh, um, the, yeah the the trouble you'd have to go to to find a cover shot to cover the jump yeah. yeah yeah you were never allowed a jump cut now jump cuts are seen as superior just because it's follow the leader and i wanted to do something different because the whole point about two women talking is that i got exhausted having to code switch on panel discussions about things because it would all be the way men talk or the the professional man speak environment and i wanted to do a thing that normalized how women tend to have conversations which are tangents and oh yeah this thing and not necessarily on topic just more free form and nobody has to be right nobody has to be wrong nobody's attacking everyone and i just wanted it to be sort of Women are allowed to disagree about things. That doesn't mean we're fighting. Everybody chill out. And, you know, it was uh, also so that women could speak and not be accused of trying to take over or interrupting too much, which is what happens in male-dominated things. But nobody believes me. So I decided to do my own thing. And yes, I knew it was deliberately breaking rules. So you're not wrong about that. I think that there's... We have to allow for innovation somehow. And I think that's part of what TV dropped the ball on. Let me interrupt. Yeah. Um, the uh, knowing structure and knowingly breaking structure that I am fine with because you it, this is a deliberate decision. This isn't okay, just I, that, laziness. That you have to break structure with purpose, though. Okay. This brings me to another pet peeve, and I don't know if I should change the subject. Huh. You know what? Why don't we go to a break, come back okay. and talk about it? Let me list the things that we may talk about today, okay? Okay. Okay. Margot you, you, Robbie's you know... feet. Okay. Um, 
uh, based on a true story, movies and TV shows. Why, why are you doing this? People are already listening. You don't have to hold them over a commercial break. No, but to keep them going all the way through. So it's not like the, you know, the. It's because that's why I did it. That's all. Okay. Oh, oh, because. Because. Okay, Mr. Break Rules. Okay, I I have always broken rules. All I, right. I'm, I'm just being difficult at this point because it's funny. <laughs> I like how you put an asterisk there. It's like flash facts. Leanna is just doing this to be fun. <laughs> See, I have to do that. One, because I have a lot of fans with autism and I want them to know what I'm doing. But also people accuse me of some crazy stuff. So if I say, this is what I'm doing, nobody can say, you just said that to try to cover up your mistake. So yeah, also it's amusing. F those people. All right, we will be back. All right, so Liana, what is this possible topic change that you were were alluding to? This is something that bothers me because I said to another writer that I work with, this would get you failed in any writing or film course. This thing that Hollywood is doing uh, recently that's a show or a movie that's allegedly about a particular character. It's the name on the show, right? But it's actually not. Like Ahsoka? Like Ahsoka. Okay, Ahsoka. Or Loki, or what was the other one? I mean, at least Barbie was about Barbie, right? Yes. But you know, uh, Doctor Strange too was actually more about Scarlet Witch, and there are a bunch of others I could think of. But the actual arc is not the character whose name is on the show. And if they did like Star Wars. If it was just Star Wars, I don't need it to be about any particular character, and I don't care if it's male, female, anything like that. But when you sign me up to watch Ahsoka, I don't want the main arc to be about Sabine Wren. When I sign up to watch Loki, I don't want the big decision at the very end that you know changes the status quo to be made by someone other than Loki. You see, I agree, because back in the day, if I turned on the TV to watch the $6 million man, I did not get an episode about Oscar Goldman. Right. It's, it's like a basic format thing. Like Dracula, the main character is not Dracula, but it is about Dracula. If I turned on Knight Rider, I got Kit and Michael Knight. It wasn't an entire episode about Devin Miles or the guy but, that but, drives the, the truck that, uh, they, that they constantly live in. And the one that drives you crazy is the Mandalorian, right? They tried to make a shift and claimed it wasn't a shift. Yeah, it should have been called the Womandalorian. Well, no, or the Mandalorians. Add an S for season three and I will be okay. But the name of the show is the Mandalorian. Okay, but technically that could apply to any Mandalorian, though... They have led us to That's believe what that they it's Jinjarin. Jin That's what they claim. But no, singular. Singular, not multiple. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi was about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, okay I, uh, with that. I have two problems with The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, one, what you talked about, because I'm interested in the relationship between Din Djarin and uh, Grogu. That's what built it. Secondly, 
the focus was on a character played by Katie Sackhoff. And I, I'm sure she's a very nice woman in person, but I cannot stand Katie Sackhoff as an I, actor. I, I can't. Never she's seen, always sticky, like angry. I have never, I have never experienced her being a nice woman in person, personally. Well, see, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but okay, it, 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 I can get past people not necessarily being the greatest people if they're amazing in the part. But I don't know what is going on with the way they're directing people on these Star Wars shows. Like, Rosario Dawson is incredible. She's so good as Ahsoka Tano. And I don't know why they didn't go, she's the heart of this. We need to focus more on her. No, it, it's, she's, the the big decisions are not hers. The the struggle is not hers. The the character that we know what they want, you know, what is their problem? What is their I want? It's not her. It's Sabine Wren. And Who I like Sabine Wren fine in the cartoon, but I tuned in for Ahsoka. It's and Sabine, in for those who haven't seen it yet, uh Sabine is adult. Like uh, you well, they've I have made her stupid over a boy, and that drives me crazy. Yeah, I just it, it's she makes this decision in like what is it the third or fourth episode? I'm like, ugh, why do I give a crap about you at this point? And here's the other problem that I have: the actor who plays Sabine Wren mm-hmm. looks like somebody I know who's a nitwit, and looks so much like this nitwit, or is reminiscent of this nitwit that I I can't. It takes me out of the show. Like I'm gonna hate this character no matter what because she looks like this nitwit that I know. See. My thing is that she's so different in terms of performance from Rebels that that's the cartoon the character debuted in that I it seems very flat to me and other people. She looks perfect. Yes, she looks perfect, but she doesn't act like the character. And I would rather somebody look a little less like the character and act more like the character. They all had big gooey eyes that took up half of their face anyway. Nobody's going to look exactly right. And it's just, they've not explained why there's been this shift. Because, yeah, the character hasn't gotten older and wiser. And that's true of all these Rebels characters. It's supposed to have been 20 years and they haven't matured at all? Except for Ahsoka? Okay. I know some people like that in real life. (laughs) Never mind. Well, true. But the performance is so different that I keep going, why? Why? Why was this choice made? Please just give me something. Just a few lines here and there. It's Star Wars. You know, it was the line that launched a thousand boffins. I don't need much, but I do need something. Can and we... they are. Go on. It just seems like they are trying to force people or at least coerce people into watching like 10 seasons of a past TV show because they want people to keep their Disney plus subscriptions. And I hate thinking that I want to finish a show and go, yeah, I want to go watch clone wars again. You know, I miss that instead of, do I actually have to watch this to know what's going on? Now, can we pivot in the entertainment uh, sphere to there's two topics. One is this article you pointed out to me, uh, some idiot attacking Martin short, um, because he doesn't like 
any of his performances except Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building, by the way, is a classic he, comic. It is didn't, terrific. It It is. Did he actually say he liked it? It was so snooty. You know what? I, I, I don't know. Out. Like, I, I have never been a fan of Martin Short's characters. It's just not, it's not just true. not appealed not to true. me. Not true. Three Amigos was quality. Yes, Nettie Niederlander was good, but that, yeah. that's 40 years ago. Um, I just, I don't, never liked Jiminy Glick. I didn't like that character on SCTV with the, the, the hair sticking up like Tintin. Like, I oh, just, uh, never... Ed Grimley? Ed Grimley, didn't like Ed People Grimley. People love that character, though. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. It, I'm not saying it's, it's not, bad. It's, yeah, but it's not his fault it was popular. No, you know, like, it's like uh, Rowan Atkinson and Mr. Bean. He kind of got stuck. I'm not saying his performance was bad. I'm saying it didn't appeal to me. Um, but I lost my goldfish. Come on, it, classic. In the in Only Murders in the Building, he is fantastic. He he's is really good. And he's and he, he plays a deliberately unlikable character, which is tough. Yeah, and yet yeah. he's unlikable, and yet you like him. Um you and, like that you don't like him. Like you're allowed to think he's a horrendous narcissist, and that's the joke. But uh, this article, this person's like acknowledging that Martin Short is, by all accounts, a yeah. really good person. Yeah. Um, why then write an article going after him, hammer and tong, because you didn't like the other things that he's performed in? Yeah, it, it, it was so petty. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of artists I don't like because it doesn't appeal to me. I don't think that it is bad art or they are bad artists. It just yeah. doesn't appeal to me. You it, know what? It, there's it, there's amazing polka artists. Um, it just doesn't appeal to me. Doesn't mean you, they're bad. You don't love Walter Austinak? I, I, I can't win in answering that one, so I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it just re it read like a parody of those types of articles, didn't it? He was clearly forced to write a biography of Martin Short, but they're like, nobody's going to read this if you don't hate on something. So hate on something. It uh, just felt so forced. I agree. Um, and the other one. Like, who cares if you don't like some sticky comedy that somebody did for money 20 years ago? People got to work. People got to eat. We don't get to pick what roles were given? Well, if you got enough schlep in show business, you do get to pick, but most people don't. Um, most, I mean, I don't know of anybody who get, unless you're doing just totally self-financed like YouTube content. And even then, it's it's what you can afford to do. I don't know well, of anybody Actors who are offered pick. roles, not compelled to do them. Oh, well, you can say no. But you could be really passionate about something and not get it done. I mean, apparently Margot Robbie said about Barbie, this is amazing. They'll never let us make it. I'm glad she was wrong. Okay. Um, and just to, to pivot again a little briefly, uh, you and I both saw the movie Gran Turismo. Right. Oh, we're not going to talk about... Okay. What? 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 No, okay. What? Talk about Gran Turismo. That's okay. All right. It, uh, it was based on a true so story. Yeah. Hollywood Productions about right. people who exist really existed are always based on a true story. Well, now, in yeah. some cases, the only 
uh, thing that is true about the story is the person's name was the same. The rest of the story is fiction. It's based on a true story. It is not, this is a true story. And people are bitching about Gran Turismo because it is based on the true story of a, a gamer who uh, was good at a, a racing game who actually became a successful auto like racer in the real world. And people are complaining that it isn't completely it's like people say that movie wasn't historically accurate no crap sherlock it's a freaking movie not a documentary what's kind of awesome about gran turismo is how much of these things like the guy's name was uh jan mardenborough i keep wanting to say jan but it's pronounced jan in the movie no in the uh, movie they call him jan do they call him jan okay yeah. wow it's weird that my brain rewrote that yeah but uh yeah uh, oh, Yan. That's right. Not Yan. Yeah. Like, like Yan can cook. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, how much of the story actually did happen? Not necessarily in that order, but it did happen because I knew a little bit about it because I remember the promotion. But it uh, I, I didn't know how much of it. it that guy went through a lot. But it wasn't perfectly like documentary and so some people said it was tasteless it actually happened people based on a true story does not mean completely historically accurate if you care about that stuff either don't see the movie because you're never going to like it or google it look it up see what's accurate see what's not because perfectly good movies that call attention to really interesting stories get trashed because there's one thing that they changed and and you know sometimes it's the right call sometimes it's not the right call but this expectation that everything be totally historically accurate is just not fair no i mean i compare it a bit to uh i was listening to a podcast about one of my favorite toy lines and comic books the micronauts mm. and these guys uh present themselves as experts who are going to give a historical look at this thing, and they got things completely wrong. In that case, they're not saying based on a true story or based in our memories. They're saying, we are giving you, these are the facts, and they weren't facts. That's right. not the same as, no. all right, there's there's a, there's a the essence of this character's story mm -hmm. that we're going to tell you. But I was listening actually to a guy named Travis Walton, who was an alien abductee. The best yeah. documented case. Um, and they made a movie about it called Fire in the Sky. That's right. I love that movie. And the I listened to Travis Walton give a speech, and he acknowledged where the movie uh, didn't accurately reflect his experience. Right, right. But he talked about why, like when he woke up on the table, he felt like he was suffocating. Well, yeah. the, the movie people thought it would just look ridiculous if he was lying there going... <clears throat> So right. they created a thing where there was a membrane over him that prevented him from breathing. It, right. it, it created, it evoked the experience he had, yeah. but translated so an audience could experience it too. Right. Sometimes that happens. But based on a true story, folks, is not a true story. Well, it's not, it's not history and it's not documentary. Yeah, so shut up. And don't, don't, that's the werewolf cookbook review thing I talk about. Yeah. You know, uh, this is a cookbook, but I like werewolves. No, there's no werewolf in this cookbook. One star. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that um, people, you get more attention 
nowadays for complaining about something than supporting something. And so people complain about not getting support. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it, I mean, it's, it's, I see it in my own content. If something's negative or if something's oppositional, it gets way more traffic than stuff that's, you know, positive or praising something. And I don't like that. So I, I hate take it. The, I take the traffic hit, even though, you know, I know it's going to do less well because I, I can't, I can't, you know, trash people all day. I've been on the receiving end of that. It's not fun. It eats your soul. Yeah, it does. And that's why people on Twitter X, the ones left there, soulless. Um, so speaking of you, souls. What did you enjoy this week? Oh, speaking of souls? Okay. Speaking of souls, uh, we're going to go to break and come back and talk about Margot Robbie's feet. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank you. I'm terrible at segues. That one I'm proud of. But I'm bum. Uh, we'll be back. So I am not one who who is up on fetishes. I'm aware foot fetishes are a thing, um, but they're Margot Robbie. Yum. What? Don't yuck people's yum. I said that they're a thing. I didn't say anything about them. Yeah, um, but this is where don't yuck my yum comes in. Ugh. Um, the uh, there are there's a website called Fun with Feet. Um, is that what it's called? Hold on. I really, I better get this accurate or people are going to say, hey, you didn't. Uh, uh, um, by the way, that reference to don't yuck my yum is what we call a callback. A callback. Yes. A callback. Yes. Um, where is the thing? Uh, where is the thing? Okay. I think it's called fun with feet. Basically they offered Margot Robbie 250,000 Australian dollars. Yep. To, uh, let them take pictures of her feet. Um, And she is an international foot fetish girl. Apparently uh, this was also fueled because Quentin Tarantino tends to feature women's feet in his movies. I'm not saying he has a fetish. I'm saying he knows there's people who do. Oh, he does. He does. Um, And when she was playing Sharon Tate in one of his, once upon a time in Hollywood, I think, there was a scene where she was in a movie theater. She took her boots off and put her feet up and the bottom right. of her, bottoms of her feet were dirty. And Tarantino said, oh, no, yeah. don't clean them. Don't clean them. I want reality. Yeah. And yeah. that picture has launched a thousand faps. Um, yeah, Cause that's a, that's a fetish, dirty yeah. feet. Um, and so they offered her $250,000 for pictures of her feet. And they offered, I think to match the same thing with Ryan Gosling, if they could create a Ken and Barbie feet uh, thing. And my thought is, how much money does a website have to make to be able to say, I can afford to pay you 250000 Australian dollars and okay. still make money on that? Here's the thing. They don't expect her to do it. It's the earned media by making the ask. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. don't expect her to say yes. It's not quite enough money. For someone of Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling's caliber to consider it. And I'm um, not sure they could do it right now because it might be considered scabbing. It's just, uh, I mean, granted, now people know the, the, the website Fun With Feet 
and it can distinguish itself from all the other foot fetish sites because you're aware yeah. of it. So, yeah. I mean, it, it cost her nothing to make that. It's a woman who runs it. cost her nothing to make that offer. Yeah. And she's got $10 million of, of free media out of it. You're right. It's but, like some porn site offered Amber Heard something like 10 million bucks. See, that to, didn't work to make a you movie. don't remember the porn site. Well, I deliberately forgot it because I knew what they were doing. And I mean, yes. there, there's there, there's just certain bottoms I will scrape. Uh, but they did it for the free publicity because they got a ton of it. Yeah, it's I always wonder, can you do like a foot fetish strip tease? Like have a sock on and you pull yeah, off stockings. each toe one by stockings. one? What's it's that? Actually a, it's actually a form of burlesque. What stockings? Burlesque. Yeah. You, you peel them off slowly. Yeah. Well, there there are moves you can do. So you basically like it. You because they stretch, right? So yes. it's the the it's the peel off. Yes, you do it with gloves as well. But then there are like these moves. Some people can actually do like a yoga pose over their head and like hold on to the end of the stocking with their feet so they get a good stretch and then snap, and like that's the skill. Human brains are fascinating things. The things that will stimulate a sexual response. Uh, there was a story this past week about a teacher in the States who was fired because he was uh, offering students money so he could paint their faces because he had a clown fetish. Okay. Um, and he things... decided to involve children? No, no, no. He was, these are university. Oh, university. Students. Okay. Yeah, university. No, no. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, he had this academic defense for it but nonetheless he, he resigned um but the, i mean uh, I, there were there were people who used to make requests when i was doing cosplay and i knew they were fetish i knew they were but i don't know i i have a very high threshold for for this kind of thing and i'm like whatever i know what it is i don't care if it makes them happy it makes them happy yeah maybe what i did wrong i should have been charging money well, I mean, yeah, nowadays it, it's nobody, it's, it's not a, a shame to do that at all. It's, it's just, social you know, stigmas have dropped on that and good, fine. But it's like when you're cosplaying certain characters, because I like the tough chicks, you know, when you're dressed up like a dominatrix style uh, fighting game character in purple snakeskin, yeah, you're going to attract a certain crowd. I think that actually. Uh, transcends many fetishes, <laughs> but um, we will. Uh, we have to go to a break. Did I? Uh, we didn't yuck anybody's yum. I'm just talking about it. Um, and when we come back, is this a record someone should be proud of? That's what we'll talk about. Okay. Okay. Stay with us. All right, Leanna. There's this story that I read about where it's about a woman who. Uh, 74 years, worked at the same job, never took a day off. She just okay. retired. 74 okay. years. She re she's 90 years old. She retired uh, after 74 years working at Dillard's uh, drugstore uh, in the U.S. Never took a day off in okay. 74 years. And my thought okay, is... Hold on. What? Hold on. What? Never took a day off or never called in sick. Uh, never missing a day of work. Okay. That includes sick. Yeah, but it's like, is, are we supposed to believe she worked seven days a week? 
or no, no the, she just yeah, never she, missed a day of work. Always reported for her scheduled work. Yeah. She uh, okay. started as an elevator girl before moving into men's clothing and the cosmetics department. Um, okay. But se- 74 years, you didn't take a day. Like you didn't, you didn't have a sick day. You, like, aren't you a good corporate cog? Like, I'm, I don't think this, I think there's something wrong with somebody who goes so, 74 years, never misses a day of work. That's suspicious to me. And something is not, I, I wouldn't be proud of that. It's not well, a good record. That means she worked sick, which means she probably got somebody else sick, which means that person missed work. It also means that if she had any family whatsoever, she wasn't taking time off to do, you know, supervising field trips or other things like that. And it may just be because if she didn't work, she didn't get paid and she really needed the money. All right. It could be. All right. Well, if you're there 74 years, you're probably salaried, which means you do get some sick days. Well, at a especially a company store, like Dillard's, a big company. I'm really surprised that she wasn't laid off because they've gone from salaried to hourly. They don't want to pay people and do the benefits. Apparently, she was told the by the founder of Dillard's she could keep her job for as long as she wanted and didn't have to work nights or Sunday shifts. Okay, well, that makes it easier to show up. But uh, come on, 74 years every day, that's just... Uh, that's just a, a corporate obeisance. I don't have any respect for it. But okay, what? they're com- they're comparing her to somebody who does have to work nights and weekends. That you're missing things, you know. Yeah, I just this is not something to be celebrated. She devoted her life to work, and there's nothing wrong with being productive and loving your job. But every now and again, you got to take off sick. Because if you're sick, like Leanna mentioned, you come into work and you make other people sick. That is yeah. not cool. And yeah. I mean, there's it's good to love your job. But every now and again, you got to say, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going to take a day for myself. And if you don't, something's not right with you. Uh, it's ni- She's 90 years old. It's too late to, to give her a psychological yeah. assessment. But um, her advice for new workers, uh, which, by the way, people entering the workforce now... And 74 years ago, any advice she gives is instantly stale dated. Um, Her advice, come to work, never see it as a paycheck, stay where God planted you. So she believes that God planted her at Dillard's drugstore because God is allowing people, children, to die of starvation in other parts of the world so God can take a moment and plant this woman in Dillard's drugstore. This is the odd thing view people have of their God. It's like, you really? You think God cares about your football team and has abandoned the other football yes. team and, and people are starving and there's wars, but the, this is this is what God spends God's time on? Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're, that culture was founded on the idea of the doctrine of discovery, which is how they excused a lot of really rotten things. So, What's yeah. The, wait, what is the doctrine of discovery? The doctrine of discovery. Oh, we're we're it's going not, here. It's not. It's not to do with the Star Trek series. Just briefly, you mentioned it. Just briefly, because we only got a couple of minutes. What is it? Okay, it was the framework for Christian explorers, where it didn't matter who owned the land, if they weren't Christian, it was theirs. It didn't matter if somebody was there first. They discovered it for for the church and the 
country. Of course, it was a Christian country, and so it was theirs. All right, so that's just uh, deifying theft. It's well, it's the excuse made for everything from the lousy treatment of indigenous people in the in the schools and uh, the the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. Awesome. All right. Yep. See, you explain that in a short time. Very good. Very succinct. Yeah. And they keep trying to get it rescinded, indigenous activists and things like that. But the church keeps making a whole bunch of excuses about why they won't like redact it actively renounce it because oh we don't do it anymore it's like but you did it for years you've got all this territory that was done based on it you could at least tell people we did a bad yeah no 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 all right um time for us to go uh to hear more of liana which i encourage uh listen to her on it's not therapy an amazing podcast that helps you deal with uh stresses uh, emotional pressures, interpersonal relationships, mental health challenges. Uh, she talks to uh, leading experts. It's accessible. And there's at least one moment in every one of these shows I listen to like, holy crap, I never knew that. And I should have known that. That makes my life better. So listen to It's Not Therapy available on all podcast platforms in the Sirius XM app. You can also hear Leanna on my show, uh, the all night show on 94.9 The Rock in uh, the GTA or the rock.fm everywhere. Uh, Leanna does a segment called Getting Through the Night, uh, which helps people because at night sometimes things roll around in your head and it's good to have somebody give you a little bit of advice, a little bit of guidance. Um, and also, I it is the only show that is live in the uh, Toronto area, maybe even further. Uh, midnight to 5 a.m., and the only one that still takes live song requests. So I'm proud of that. All right, that, Liana. That's wild to think about, yeah? I know, it's crazy. All right, um, do your thing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>